Yeah. What's going on, man? Hey, how's it going? Um, man. Dude, I, I, can you hear me? I can. I can. And that is. Okay. Dude, your haircut. <laughs> I can't even. I can't talk because of this mustache, but your haircut is on point. It's like literally, it kind of looks like an ocean wave, you know? <laughs> kind of okay. like, um, like, <laughs> well, like Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> It's okay. I, I look like Burt Reynolds right now. I feel like that's I, or um, an off-brand Ron Swanson. I, I, dude, you look incredible. You look incredible. Uh, you look exactly <laughs> like uh, a diabetes tour guide should like, in my opinion. Uh, every time I think about a diabetes tour guide, uh, it's it looks a lot like this. <laughs> uh, you know what I say? Toot toot beep beep. <laughs> <laughs> I see uh, Rachel is in here. Uh, Rachel, of course, uh, you've seen in the Johnson City office. Shout out to uh, to Rachel and Robbie. Uh, I see Robbie's in here as well. So good to see you guys. Uh, Stan's in here. Uh, thank you, Stan. For they're they're out eating. They're e out eating right now. Robbie and Rachel, we're having dinner with you all right now, and I'm I'm very very appreciative of that. I love they're that. at a restaurant. I yeah. love that. I, yes. I, I, I love it. Can you guys turn it up so everyone can hear uh, this information? <laughs> um, we got we got so many questions, Ange. So we're we're gonna we're gonna kind of get it rocking here. One one thing I want to do is put this up here from Stan. Uh, love the insulin resistance inf inf information. Thank you, Stan, uh, for putting that in. Oh there. yes, thank you. Yes, it's so nice. I love talking about that stuff. Um, uh, thank you, right? Thank you, Rachel. There we go. I love it. I love it. Um, all right, we're going to get going here cause we've got a, uh, a big show here tonight. If you have a question for Andy, uh, go ahead and put it in the comments. Uh, we're going to be here till around 8 PM. We're going to get to as many questions as possible. Um, all right, so let's, let's go ahead and start. Um, uh, let's see, let's start with some vitamin questions because it's top of mind with the Dr. Rogers, uh, vitamin common sense MD episode. Uh, this question is, what is the Anna Gain New that you mentioned today is the game changer in the hair vitamin? Uh, this is referring to uh, the Healthy Happy Hair uh, formula. Um, what's, your, what's your thoughts on the Anna Gain New? Anna Gain New. Yes, I actually think that's a really, really good addition to the healthy. I know he's putting, I think he's putting that in the Healthy Happy Hair formula. Is that right? That's right. That's right. Healthy, happy hair. Yeah, along with some other things too, some vitamin A. Um, and two, I think zinc and copper maybe too. It has a whole list of, anytime you're looking at supplements, it's usually a proprietary blend derived from natural products to help stimulate something. The Anagain New that actually comes from fermented peas. I think it's a pea plant extract or a germinated pea plant or pea seed. And it it's actually stimulates fibroblasts. It's a growth factor. Um, and it deals with the dermal papillal cells. Um, it's an amazing formula. It works. A lot of hair formulas actually are starting to use this. And you can use this individually. We just put it all together. So that one's actually a growth factor. That's why it's in there. Super interesting. Uh, thank you for that, Ange. Um, great start. And do it. I think the healthy... I think the healthy, happy hair is great. I will say just start with hair early. Like I, I'm looking at dad's scalp right now and I see my future, you know, and I'm right. He's not on the podcast. We're allowed to say that, 
So I see my future. And so I know that that's what I want to work on now. So I, I take a lot of hair supplements. I even take some like prescription strength hair stuff. So um, it's, e it's much easier to prevent loss than it is to grow. And this actually is kind of in, in, in line with that, Andy. Um, if taking the hair vitamin um, and your multi, mm -hmm. there is some overlap. Um, so the overlap is around vitamin A, zinc, copper, and horsetail. Is that too much of any of those if getting some from both vitamins? So uh, I'm assuming here this is somebody taking the super vitamin uh, or just a vitamin. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's the super vitamin, the Dr. Rogers formula, as well as the healthy, happy hair uh, what's your thoughts on the overlap of some of these vitamins? So, too, I don't think that you're going to hit unhealthy levels or toxic levels of any of these things. Zinc is one that, I, that I've been looking at a little bit more. Some of the research you'll look at in Google and say that anything over 40 milligrams a day is going to cause toxicity. And I can tell you now that I've taken more than 40 milligrams for a very long time. Um, and it hasn't been toxic, um, but it, it can deplete your copper. So actually adding the copper in is helpful. And really you're going to notice more symptoms from copper deficiency than zinc overload. So I, I don't think there's going to be an issue between doing those two at the same time. Um, and it's already adding in the copper that you will deplete with too much zinc. Um, vitamin A toxicity though can happen. I've, I've actually had... Some patients get vitamin A toxicity mainly from retinoids or tretinoin. Those are going to be topical, um, like for wrinkling. Vitamin A is really good for that. Vitamin A derivative is retinoids as well. So prescription strength, retinoids or tretinoins along with these could cause some vitamin A toxicity as well. Vitamin A toxicity too can have many different symptoms. Like it's mainly going to be like headache. It's going to be... Um, you're looking for increased intracranial pressure, honestly. And I've had that happen to one person that I've known, but it was from retinoids. And it just that she absorbed it a little bit too well. Well, I don't think healthy, happy hair with that is going to hurt at all. And even too, if you're looking at something topically, a retrinol, it's a little bit of a milder form of retin-A, um, is much gentler on the skin. It's a lower potency vitamin A, so you can still get some of the... Um, positive side effects of skin integrity while taking some of this other stuff too. Nice. That's such a common question um, because these formulations are combination vitamins um, and it is always a concern. Am I taking too much uh, if I take a couple different of these combinations? So thank you for sending that question in over uh, email. Uh, this is another uh, Dr. Rogers formula question. I love Dr. Rogers stress formula. Could you ask if this could be taken every day? Can it be taken more than once a day? What's your thoughts on this? Yes, absolutely. I think you can take it three times a day if you wanted to. Absolutely. Um, the stress formula is the adaptogens. So the L-theanine, I believe this is L-theanine, saffron, and ashwagandha all in one. Um, so you can take it multiple times a day and every, you can take it every day and multiple times a day. And I've personally done it and um, works very, very well. Um, so the adaptogen quest is kind of a cortisol balancer and cortisol and those um, uppers, um, the upper hormones in your body can cause stress. And that's how those help. I, I think they're really great. And I'm going to put this up here. This came over on Instagram uh, last week after the show and I missed it. So I'm going to put this up and it kind of has to do with um, with the stress formula. One, because the stress formula has saffron in it. Um, 
the question is, is saffron good for anxiety? Life Extension has a mood-improving blend with saffron. Um, I know you've you've talked about this Life Extension uh, supplement as well. Um, what's your thoughts on saffron yeah. for anxiety? Yeah, so along those same that same thought process, really good for cortisol balance and adaptogen class. It'll decrease anxiety. I've even had like saffron decrease a cortisol an AM cortisol response, like in the morning by 10 to 15 points. And she thought she had hyperthyroidism. She was that anxious and she had a little bit of exophthalmos. Her thyroid looked perfect on labs, even with extensive labs, her cortisol through the roof, saffron brought it down. You know, I, I think, um, saffron is the supplement I, I get the most emails about, uh, even on, you know, our social channels, uh, people love saffron and I know it's one of docs. Uh, it might be it's docs great. favorite. Yeah. Yeah, such yeah. A, no, that's a great one. Have at it. Go ham. Go ham on the saffron. And uh, and this is another one uh, that we all love. It's uh, around Digest Shield. Also love Digest Shield. Should one take a break from it occasionally? If so, for how long? Uh, what's your kind of philosophy around breaks from Digest Shield as well, just vitamins in, in general? So, you know, that's a good question. I think it's honestly personal preference. Um, sometimes it's nice to take a break from things just to give your body a rest because too, a lot of those vitamins are packaged in something. So you might want to take a look at the particular vitamins that you have to see what else is added to it or what they wrap the vitamin in. Really, if you're being as all natural as possible, you're getting all those vitamins from food like and the environment. You're being outside, you're in the sun getting vitamin D, you're eating things from the organic farm that's never been touched by anything else and that's been tilled for years you're growing your own cows and chickens and they've never been touched by anything but god like that doesn't exist anymore like that type of world so that's why i find that vitamins are really important because we can't get them in the doses that we probably could use to combat the modern world that we've created so that's why i like vitamins it's just sometimes really cumbersome and expensive and so I think giving a little bit of a break is actually just nice more for your mental health rather than it is for like general health. Um, absolutely. Take a break from it if you want, but I don't think it's totally necessary for you to do that. I love that. And a lot of times, you know, there's going to be days where you just don't remember. So it's kind of like a built-in break um, just by, but, you know. But not like pulse therapy. Yeah. yeah there, th that's called pulse therapy. Um so I, I, I feel like this doesn't need to be pulsed, if that makes sense. Like, okay, give your gut a rest from doing those vitamins. That might be two, something I'll run by Robin just to make sure. But um, two, your gut is the, it's a priority. You want to make sure that you protect it. That is a great point. And here with this mustache, we like to protect everything. <laughs> Don't I look like a police officer with this? Uh, Man, I'm, I'm, um, we're going to need to protect that gut there, Okay. I'm going to make, <laughs> oh my God. Yes, absolutely. I love it. I have um, never been more flattered in my life than I am right now. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I love it. Um, all right. Let's Ma'am, we're going to need to test that digestion. <laughs> um, okay. We got a, a methylene blue question here. Uh, very common topic on the show. Uh, dosing questions. My mom is 91 and I want to start her on methylene blue. I cannot be there to dose. Would it work if I made up small water bottles with 
it in it for a few days at a time. Um, what's your thoughts on this? I think that's fine. I think that's fine to just go ahead because I think it's going to be better in than out. I think generally if you can prepare it every morning so it's fresh, you just rolled it and you take it probably best. I do know that that light activates it. So too, um, that's kind of got part of the particles I've looked up with methylene blue is that light's part of the activation. So I think pre-dosing it, I would just keep it in a fridge or keep it out of light. All right. Great, man. man that's awesome. That... But I think that's great. I think with methylene blue, better in than out. And absolutely, if that's going to be the best way to get something in. And then two, kind of notice if you know symptom relief with, with your uh, mom, like if she's having chronic UTIs, is that getting better? Um, dosing is usually eight to 10 drops, but two, they actually, if you Google it, they actually have a um, milligram per kilogram um, like dosing guide. And it actually goes much higher than that. The recommendations we've made generally is eight to 10 drops, but you can actually, I've had a patient increase it to 70 drops a day. I've done 20 to 30 before and felt great. Yes. So to, there is some toxicity with methylene blue. There's some stuff too about pregnant women in methylene blue that can be harmful to the, harmful to the fetus. I really think this is more in a hospital setting when you're like injecting methylene blue and not just doing these low, low roll doses. Um, but to, I, I think better in than out with, with, with your mom for sure. And just, I would just, um, anytime with your in preparation, usually it's some sort of temperature change or light that's going to degrade or inactivate or activate a product. I would just keep this one methylene blue. I would just mix it and then put it up for a little bit. Even keeping it in the fridge, I think it's fine. Um, speaking of that, I, I, I don't think these guys listened to your instructions. Um, they, they did not put it in the fridge. Uh, they in fact took it out of the fridge. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, doodles. Um, oh, doodles. That is, uh, that is our, uh, our, our methylene blue mascots right there, uh, Izzy and Ike. Um, we're going to get back to it. Our methylene blue mascots. I uh, love it. <laughs> all right, so this is a follow-up question here. Um, it's also, is DigestShield a good probiotic for someone starting chemo for six weeks? And I, I, I saw this question come in um, over email, and super interesting question because we've talked a lot about probiotics with antibiotics should you do it uh, hadn't heard uh, uh, heard around with with chemo what what's your thoughts on this Ange? I say yes I say absolutely you want to boost your immune system protect your gut um, especially too because chemo can kind of change your appetite so too I think protecting your gut is going to be good I probably say um, if they've been on digest shield, continue it. If they haven't, I wouldn't necessarily start it while they're starting something else. Okay. Um, so if they've been stable on digest shield for a long time, keep it part of your naturals. Always too, whenever you're going with chemo, run things by your oncologist because they may want to run to, it definitely depends too with chemo, even too, different oncologists have different ideas about like introducing vitamin C because sometimes you want to take down the immune system so that you're killing the thing that you need to kill and then you boost it back up later. I don't think it's going to hurt to have a probiotic, but definitely run that by your oncologist 
and I wouldn't start it at the same time you're starting chemo. But if you've been doing it forever, then then you can, I, I would say you'd be fine to continue taking it. But there is something about your immune system, even though you want it up technically during the chemo type of treatment, you want it like you want it the opposite. You want to kill something. So whenever you're thinking about cancer treatments, it's how you're going to kill it. It's cut, it's burn, it's poison. Um, if you're looking at traditional uh, settings for it, chemo, radiation, or surgery to take it out. All right, such a great question. I'm sorry that I'm sorry that you're going through that. Whoever is going through that, I'm sorry you're going through that. Yeah, yeah. Please keep us keep us posted. Um, and thank you so much for sending. And look question. at some of the natural stuff. Like we have some stuff that we've had patients who have worked on thimbendazole and nutritional changes and not eating sugars during that time. Yeah. Um, not putting in anything that's going to feed a cancer. Uh, such good advice there. Thank you so much uh, for that question. Um, we're going to go on to um, hormone replacement here. Um, the question is, do you still recommend to skip one night a week of BHRT cream? What if doing that causes a, a night of bad sleep? You know, that might be a bad thing of skipping a night. I think it's fine to continue. And 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 two, I think anything that's routine is, is actually going to be better for you. I really do. So I've, I, I personally probably wouldn't skip a night of it unless it's like, hey, I'm just giving my body a rest. I feel like it's not doing anything. I need to take a few nights on to kind of revitalize that because I feel like I'm getting used to it. Then sure. But um no, and two, if it causes it, it, it could. Um, sometimes there's a little bit of a stair step approach to hormones to where if you skip a night, you shouldn't automatically just get a hot flash right after that. It's usually more insidious, a little bit slower on, slower off. Technically, 24 hour duration of action with creams or topicals because you're applying them every 24 hours, but you'll still have a little bit of a stair step approach if you miss one night. It shouldn't cause a bad night of sleep. And if so, then I would definitely just be more cognizant and do it every night. It's a great question. I'm going to put this up just so I like things that are routine. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. I've missed you. I've been seeing you forever. I grew this just for you. Okay? I did. They've, I've had someone call this a cookie duster. God. Oh, my gosh. So, so, so good to hear from you. That makes it. Thank you so much. I, I'm glad that's the only thing we're here for. It's the stash. <laughs> I wish I had my comb right now. Comb uh, I, I'm sorry. I, I cut you off there. Were you going to finish your uh, thought process with, with uh, this oh. question here? Oh, I, I think anything creating habit is better. Yeah. Like even with face stuff, gosh, washing your face every, every night. I, I, I'm a fan of it. Yeah. Um, we haven't gotten Ben to be a fan of that quite yet, but that's okay. I think in 10 years, you're going to see a lot of changes. <laughs> um, and it's, um, I'm pretty sure we're going to be aging on one side. Wait, how do I, how do I point that way? There we are. Maybe aging on one side. Maybe <laughs> not aging on one side. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I would laugh, but my face cannot move. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, guys, routine. Routine is, is key. I need to get on my skincare routine. It is. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, all right. We're going to get to the next one here. Uh, I'm going to remind everybody, uh, if you're with us live tonight, first of all, thank you. We love you. Um, go ahead and put your question for Andy. 
uh, in the comments. We're going to get to those in just a second. We got a few more here that came in throughout the week. Uh, this question is, I seem to hear more and more people in their 50s dying suddenly of either heart attack or aneurysm. Goes on to say, I know you have taught us that the CT calcium score is a good screening for heart disease, but of course, no guarantee. Is there any type of screening test that would be good for early detection of aneurysms? What's your thoughts on this? So to kind of actually see an aneurysm, it's usually the standard test is a CT. Um, and so you can see what the actual malformation looks like. To see aneurysm just means that is it enlarged. Um, and a lot of that deals with pressure. So too, um, I'd say this, the real, there's not a great protocol for like, like CT calcium scores are pretty easy, cheap. You're seeing what the plaque and calcification looks like within the arteries of the heart, getting a free picture of your lungs at the same time. It would be a CT of your head and to see if there's aneurysms in there. You'll be able to see like an aortic aneurysm um, on, on a CT calcium, but CT of the head is not usually routine and you don't want to overdo it with radiation. I would say if there's a family history of aneurysm, maybe doing it after around age 50 just to get a CT, it might be hard to get covered, maybe even putting it under like a headache, like say you have a headache, it's like kind of see what the brain structure looks like, but really you're looking for aneurysms. They'll be able to detect that. Um, another good test might be to a carotid IMT. It's very low risk, low radiation. It's an ultrasound of the carotids. It's unusual to have an aneurysm here, but two, if you have an aneurysm here, I'll put pressure here. And so you can see kind of what the intimal layers look like. If it's pushing against an aneurysm, there might be some pressure here. So I think generally I would recommend doing a carotid IMT. And then two, if you have a family history, I would see what an aneurysm, um, if you have an aneurysm family history, then I'd see about getting maybe one CT just to see, but really it's more lifestyle modifications and making sure you're not smoking, you're eating well, you're exercising and to you're keeping blood pressure under control. Cause that's what makes an aneurysm rupture is pressure. Super interesting. That's such a great Was that question. A, did, that was a really good question too. I'm be, I, I'm all about it. If there was a way to be like, they're changing a lot of that stuff, even with like prostate, they're changing a lot of the stuff to do an MRI as a screening instead of PSA. PSA is not, it's helpful, but also not helpful. You can have prostate cancers with normal PSA. Um, and then you can have super, super high PSA with nothing. Like, do you just have benign prostatic hyperplasia? You just have BPH, large prostate. So they're trying to, there's some countries that are actually doing routine screenings, like MRI screenings of the prostate to actually see what the tissue looks like. I wish we'd adopt more of that to say, kind of like colonoscopy, they've lowered the age for that because it's super helpful to detect these things. I wish they would do the same thing for things that kill people around 50 and, and do it more abruptly. But a lot of the times it's, it's not really going to, it might seem like it's sudden, but it's really not sudden. Something has gone along for years to create the pressure or there's a, an abnormality, like an anatomical abnormality that then pressure contributes to. Mm. So a lot of it is, I would say the best screening is lifestyle modifications, CT, uh, CT calcium, carotid IMT, and if family history, seeing if a, of a provider will just write you a CT order. You might, it's just insurance would be a weird thing to get around with that. 
Super interesting. It's a great question. And that is something that, you know, I, I, I do think, um, you know, we're hearing about more, um, is, yeah. uh, you know, these, the heart attacks or the aneurysm. So thank you for sending that in. Um, guys, we've got one more question that came in throughout the week. I see, uh, we got a bunch of people here with us live. Thank y'all for being with us tonight. Um, yes, thank you. And thank you for all the comments about my mustache. This is so nice. God, yes. Well, it looks so yes. good. It, it looks, Love it. It's, it's, it's worth the, the compliments, man. You look, you look amazing. Um, and, and I, I love this question here. Um, another hormone question here. Um, how many times can you use the uptake needle for testosterone injections? I think you said we could reuse only the update needle, uh, probably the uptake needle, but just wanted to confirm. So too, what, what, what um, this patient is talking about and this comment is um, the draw needle and then the injection needle. So the draw needle is going to be a larger gauge because testosterone is very thick. It's viscous. Um, and you can reuse that because you're not putting it back into your body, basically. Anytime that you're putting it back into your body, anytime you use the needle to puncture, it dulls. And if you Google pictures, I did this just as a diabetic. Um, you Google, I, I've reused needles quite a bit. And by the fourth or fifth time you use it, it's times is what you're looking at if you look at if you literally google needle after five or six uses it looks like a garbage pail it it looks like trash so i would say i would say to after four or five times change it now we're not messing with how it's going to go into the skin but if you dull in that needle and it becomes fragmented then it can get into I mean, it's going to be microscopic but it's going to get into the solution so i'd say after four or five times be done with it all right i missed you there for just a second you broke up just a, a tad bit there so you're saying uh you can reuse it uh you're describing what an uptake is and you're okay with it being reused four to five times yeah, yeah, about four to five times. All right. But Google, I was saying, Google the image okay. of a reused needle. Google the image of a reused needle. It's about at the sixth time, it looks horrendous. All right. Thank you for that question there. And thank you to everyone who uh, sent in their question throughout the week. Uh, this brings us to my favorite part of the show. This is a live question. Uh, segment of the show and Andy we're gonna we're gonna take live questions here um, uh, along with uh, any sort of mustache compliments you guys have uh, we'll we'll take we'll take all of them um, I see uh, Jackson here Velma what's him. up uh, Lisa's here what's going on Amy what's going on uh, Amy's got a mustache compliment thank you um, <laughs> Amy what yeah I love it. I love it. Um, okay, so we're going to take questions here, guys. I love if you, it. If you have a question for Ange, go ahead and put it in the comments, uh, and we're going to get to everyone tonight. Let's see where we're at. Um, where am I? I'm trying to find. This is from Elise uh, over in Colorado Springs. I have COVID, too, and I'm wondering about taking NAC. I am taking it along with Paxlovid. I don't think I have a bad case of COVID and think NAC may be helping. Uh, could that be true? What's your thoughts on this? And if I missed any of this, Elise, let me know. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that's absolutely helpful. And that kind of works as an antioxidant and works with glutathione levels. So it's going to get rid of free radicals and it's going to, it's going to help alleviate symptoms. It's, it's almost going to help out with your immune system during COVID. So I think NAC is really great. Even NAC deals with the sinuses too. Um, so I think that getting rid of congestion, being an antioxidant and improving immune system, absolutely take NAC. All right. Thank you, Elise. And I also see Jack has COVID, uh, COVID as well. Now it seems, um, uh, I hope you're doing well, man. If you have any questions, I'm sorry, you will have COVID. Yep. Uh, let us know. Um, let's see here. Um, we're going to go to, if I can find there's Stan's question. Um, is it normal for your blood pressure to get higher as you get older and would it get lower if I do some cardio exercises? What's your thoughts on this? Oh, absolutely. That's normal. That's, that's, like, in fact, like, I'm not guaranteed, but if you think about it, as we get older, we usually gain more weight. You usually get lower testosterone as a male. Um, as a female, you're getting lower hormones anyways, which help regulate your blood pressure. And two, your arteries have taken a lifetime of hit. So everything that's gone in there that you don't want to go in there can cause damage, which the arteries stiffen over time. So really what you're looking at with blood pressure is the system's stiffening. It's just getting old. And so too, when you, whenever the arteries stiffen, the pressure builds too. So it is normal, but part of it is doing everything you can to, to help loosen or relax the arteries. So too, looking at stuff that you can do naturally would be stuff that's going to increase nitric oxide or cyclic GMP. Prescriptions for that would be stuff like Tadalafil, Sildenafil, um, even looking at naturals like beets, those have high nitric oxide. Spinach has high nitric oxide. You can actually just take nitric oxide. That will help relax the, the systems. Do, doing anything too, to, um, nutritionally, keeping sugar down, sugar cuts the artery, um, and keeping weight optimal. Cardio exercise, make sure that your heart is used to pumping against the system. So that's, that's heart pumping into those um, arterial systems to move down and make sure it gets from your feet all the way back to your heart. So to cardio exercise is great for blood pressure. And I say that's what it really is meant for. That's why it's called cardio. It's not really, it can build some muscle, but it's not really meant for muscle. Um, cardio is meant to say, can my heart pump against pressure so that I'm pushing blood through those systems to help make sure the arteries can relax and, and um, and tighten up when they need to. So um, yes, totally normal cardio exercise. Absolutely. That's a no brainer. And incorporating that with strength exercise and eating well, optimal weight. Uh, Stan, thank you so much for that question. Uh, wonderful question there uh, around blood pressure. Um, we're going to keep it moving, guys. I'm going to go to Velma's question. Uh, oh, there's there's Mark. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Mark uh, Mark says we need a, a musical. What do, you, what do you think? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, get it in. I'll send it right to you. I'm going to make a Mark Milford musical, the Triple M. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, thank you, Mark, for that. Um, all right, we're going to get to Velma's question. Um, what is the best supplement for anxiety? Uh, 
Um, so too, I like the adaptogens. I like saffron, L-theanine, ashwagandha. I think those are fantastic um, for anxiety. And then too, prescription-wise, propanolol is really good for anxiety. Calming the heart rate will then calm the system. I think it's fantastic. Can, can you say that word one, uh, one last time, that last word you said, it, you broke up just a tad on me. What was that one? Propanolol. Propanolol. <laughs> All right. Uh, Velma, I hope that helps. Thank yeah. you so much uh, for that question there. We're going to go to uh, Barbie on Facebook here. Um, why is it protocol to test men's hormones but not women's? Um, this is a very um, common question we get uh, around, you know, male hormones versus female. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on this, Ange? Um, it's not our protocol. <laughs> so, um, so I mean, I can, I'll probably just disagree with it traditionally because, because we love testing women's hormones. I'd probably say it's because men are more plain flights. Their testosterone is a little bit more constant than women's. You may get a little bit of fluctuation throughout the day, but generally you're going to have higher T for most of your life and then gradually lower T. Women, your hormones are fluctuating every month. Like you can go from zero to 500 in a month, in 20 days. So I think that's why women's hormones don't get checked as often is because you have to match it to where the um, cycle is. Um, and two, where your cycle is um, throughout your lifespan. Like are you in perimenopause? Has it been months since you've had one, but you're kind of sputtering? I think it's honestly, it's because most people aren't trained on when to do it and what they're going to do about it. Because most people are just going to put you on birth control or an anxiolytic like, like Zoloft or an SSRI. Uh, Does that kind of make sense? And then two men's, you're going to, you're just going to, but you're going to catch it at a certain age where it's more constant and then down. So they're going to trust that number a little bit more than when you're catching estrogen progesterone. And they'll never check a testosterone on you because they don't think you need any testosterone. So that's just more of a difference of opinion. Um, but I think it's more the fluctuation within the cycle as why they not make that protocol. Uh, Barbie, th thank you so much for that question. It's a great that's a great question. Yes. Um, all right, we're going to go to Marshall here on YouTube. Um, I'm curious about NMN supplement. Should a middle-aged guy add it to his daily stack? Uh, love your show. Thank you. Well, thank you, Marshall. We appreciate that. Hey, sorry. Can you repeat that question and just kind of cut out for a second? Um, okay, it is. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Marshall is asking, I'm curious about NMN supplement. Should a middle-aged guy add it to his daily stack? Did I break up? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, okay. I love, yes. That's a yes. Middle-aged guy. Yes. It deals with, no, that's better. That's better. Um, it deals with energy. So too, NMN, NMN is going to be a precursor to NAD or NAD plus, which is plus hydrogen. And so that's naturally occurring in the body as an antioxidant and an energy producer for the mo molecule or the 
believe within the mitochondria is where NAD plus is. Um, but NMN is a precursor to that. And so too, I think that's absolutely a great way to support those NAD plus levels. Um, a lot of it too, as I'd see, if you feel more energy on it, you should feel more energy from NMM. And sometimes there's another one, called, I believe called MSM, it's for joints, but NMN is precursor to NAD, which then creates energy. So I think it's a great thing to add to your stack or, or whatever you're doing with vitamins. I think it's great. Uh, great question. And CoQ10. CoQ10 plus PQQ. Look into those. So we make one that has both of them in it, and PQQ helps CoQ10 absorb, or they're used really well together. But CoQ10 is another potent antioxidant and helps out with like wrinkling. Every plastic surgeon I know has a face wash with CoQ10 in it. So CoQ10 is another good one to add for antioxidant energy. Um, I, I I love this. I think we've we've got a we've got a, a crew in the house tonight. Uh, what's going on? Yes, Katie? good to see you. What's cracking? Oh yeah, oh yeah, and Hey, absolutely, I'm coming. We got yeah, Bristol. Uh, we got Bristol in the house tonight. We got Bristol in the house. It's Bristol, ba it's Bristol baby. <laughs> Yeah, it's a Bristol baby. Uh, thank you guys. Thank y'all for for hanging out with us. Shoot, shout out to Katie, Kelsey, and Jill over in the Bristol office. Um, okay, let's go to. Uh, we got another question here from Velma, and then I'm gonna get to Evangeline on YouTube. Uh, could sleep apnea cause high blood pressure? Yes, absolutely. Again, yeah. So to sleep apnea meaning they're central and obstructive. So central is meaning that your brain is not having the um, communication for you to actually make the breathing mechanism happen. Obstructive means that something is within the um, back of your like pharynx and the back of your mouth nose, the ENT portion here, that's not allowing you to oxygenate the brain. And so you become apneic, meaning that you're not breathing. That's apnea is without breathing. And so you're not breathing in the middle of the night. A lot of that can be positional. Most often it's going to be something is here. And a lot of the times it's weight related. It can cause high blood pressure because then your blood pressure system and your compensatory systems to kick in to fight you not oxygenating. So the blood pressure is going to increase to deliver oxygen more efficiently out to the extremities where it needs because you're low on oxygen. So absolutely can cause high blood pressure. That's a common cause of high blood pressure and also to increase red blood cell counts, thickened blood, because your body thinks it needs more red blood cells to deliver more oxygen because you're not having oxygen. Sleep apnea is huge. Uh, that it, it's such a it's such a huge problem. There are so many people who suffer from it uh, and probably don't even know it. So Velma, thank you so much for bringing this up. And Andy, great uh, great topic there, great answer. Um, real quick, Andy, if you don't mind, um, I'm gonna do this real quick. I'm I'm gonna probably throw you off a bit, but um, I don't know if you knew this, but this episode is sponsored by the Diabetes Tour Guide, um, the brand new YouTube channel we have. <laughs> called the Diabetes Tour Guide with your host, Andy Rogers. Uh, Andy, can you give everyone just a quick rundown of what the Diabetes Tour Guide is and what to expect from the content over there? Yeah. So, um, to diabetes, I love, well, A, I just love teaching about it because I've lived with it for a really long time. Um, 
but uh, it's 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 basically going to every single baby type of diabetes that you can think of. A lot of the times we just say diabetes, give insulin, think about sugar, um, and a lot of times um, it gets a lot more complicated than that. So then we're going to go into like deep dives and talk about very specific things. So we're going to basically do little um, tour. It's a little along the tour of diabetes and then do updates on. Um, new things that are happening with diabetes drugs because new ones come out all the time for type 2 what's on the um what's on the, in the future of type 1 diabetes cure both preventative and after having um circumversion into type 1 diabetes autoimmunity there's a lot um so that's so i'm going to be your tour along with it and try some of these things out and we're going to interview people with diabetes to see what it's like to actually live with it uh, I, I'm just one, I'm obsessed with your first three episodes. They are so incredible. And, uh, one, I'm going to answer, uh, Roel's question about, uh, when we're av- available on the audio platforms, uh, we're working on connecting to both Spotify and Apple and all the audio platforms right now. So, uh, we're going to mass upload the first four episodes over on, uh, Apple, Spotify, that whole gig within the next two weeks. Um, but for now they're the first three are up on YouTube. Um, and, and one there's, there's 40 people with us live tonight. Uh, if anybody knows a type one diabetic, if there's anyone, anybody recently diagnosed, um, please send them to that channel. Um, it's, it's meant to be a resource for both parents, uh, as well as, um, the kid or whoever is, uh, uh, recently diagnosed. So, so please, uh, share that information. That means a lot to us. Um, and I know that's, uh, you know, a, a lot of the heart behind, um, uh, what you're doing with the diabetes tour guide. So, so thank you, Andy, for the content. It's incredible. I'd encourage all you guys to, uh, to check it out if you can. Um, I, right, could you hear Scrappy? Uh, yes. I, I think everyone in Fountain City could hear yeah. Scrappy. Sorry, I was like, maybe they can't hear him because the <laughs> headphones are on. And then I see Katie's comment. I think the puppy wants to make him. Scrap, scrap. Come here, puppy. Guys, I promise you, we're gonna we're gonna oh, get to to every goodness. question tonight. Um, thank you, Katie, for putting that in there. Um, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer this for Bianca. Uh, Bianca, we are literally having this conversation right now. Um, the question is around, can we order Dr. Rogers vitamins straight to, from the performance medicine website? Uh, I had a conversation this evening, um, around that. We're going to do that as quickly as possible. We're getting, uh, uh, a number of different emails, uh, with that same question. So, uh, the answer is yes, you will eventually. Um, so not at this second, um, but as soon as possible, we're, we're doing the work on the back end to, to make that happen. So, uh, thank you, Bianca, for putting that in there. Um, all right, we're going to keep moving. Um, I'm going to go to Evangeline over on YouTube here. Um, apheresis is used in Europe to clean out blood fibrin. Are there any similar options in the U S perhaps plasma cleansing or something like an IV nido, nido kinase or bromelain? Um, and if I, if I mispronounced anything, Ange, I'm sorry. What, what, what's your thoughts on this question for Evangeline? That's a, that's an excellent question. And actually one I don't have a great answer for. Um, 
Aphrodisis is where they clean it out and then put some stuff back in. As far as like a therapeutic draw, you're just going to donate the whole blood. Um, so whenever you're doing that, you're basically like plasma phoresis is going to be donating plasma and returning other things to the blood. So you're hooked twice, basically out and then it's coming back in. Um, there's even leukophoresis where they actually just extract white blood cells and then return the rest. So you're not losing a lot. Um, I do know that certain centers do that. There's a couple, there's one here that does but I'm pretty sure they do it just for research. So you almost have to do it. I know plasma phoresis is very big in the US with college students. I don't particularly like that because you feel really depleted. You can get some scarring. I, I, I didn't like it for the college kid because they advertised it for payment. I didn't love that. But I think there is some benefits actually donating blood and letting it out and cleansing the system. I do know too, in the US, they have some chelation therapies um, and in an IV form. I'm not particularly familiar with IV natokinase or IV bromelin. I'm, um, if it's bromelin or bromelian, um, I don't know if that's ever the bromelin like from pineapples, but like bromelins, I, I, that's a good supplement anyways, if taken by mouth. So I couldn't imagine that it would be bad by doing an IV too. But you would be looking at more like chelation centers. And I know Knoxville has some chelation centers that people do. So I do know that exists. I don't know before and afters really from patient experience about their aphoresis treatments. But I like the idea of getting things out. I think that's that's a great thing. Yeah, and two, God, if you have more information on it, put it over in the thread. I would love to hear more. Uh, thank you, Evangeline. And like, what we'll do is I'll kind of mark this uh, comment here so we can do some more research. And and like Andy just said, if, if you have any more information or anybody in here uh, has information on this, please let us know. Um, you know, goodness, we, we learn as much from you guys as, as, as you from us. So thank you so much for putting that in there, Evangelon. Um, I'm going to get to, uh, Mark's question here. Um, Andy, any thoughts on the glucose everyday matters program for managing blood sugar levels in individuals recently diagnosed with type two diabetes? Uh, it goes on to say the, the GEM program combined with continuous glucose monitoring and text message support resulted in 67% of uh, participates, per participants achieving remission with only one person needing medication after three months. Um, is this something that PM would consider? Uh, what's your thoughts on this, Ange? Oh, um, God, I, I think... Um, I think it's great. Yeah. To anything that's going to be more daily reminders because with diabetes, it's 24 yeah. seven. It's everything you eat and put into your mouth. It's exercise it's sleep. Um, and then to medication management as well. So I think, um, yeah, that's great. That's a great thing. I wish performance medicine, if we had the tool set to do that to where we could, um, send text message reminders every day to say, have you checked your blood sugar? I think that's awesome. Or even too, just recommending apps that do that. Um, but I think too, it takes a team to do things with diabetes. So I think this is a great idea. A lot of the times people just need reminders. I had a patient who um, whose dad has diabetes and she has diabetes. So they check their blood sugars all the time together. Hers are like, you know, really in range and his are not. So we had to have a 
conversation of how do you work with that? Because it can be very sensitive too for patients to be like, you got to get off my back with, with numbers. But I, I do think that um, there's a fine line between too involved and under-involved. So um, yeah, I, I think that'd be a great thing to perform performance medicine to do or to very, very smart individual to create an app and make some money off of that and remind people to check their blood sugars. Uh, it's a great comment there, Mark. Thank you so much for putting that in there. And, um, and one thing I, I see, I'm going to get to, I want to get to Danny's question. That's a great question, Danny, uh, around, uh, CJC 1295. Um, and this is something I, I know that, you know, performance medicine, we were talking quite a bit about, um, uh, the question is what's up with availability of CJC 1295, um, one, just kind of give, give everybody a little bit of an overview of what we can talk about. I, I don't even know if there's any like, uh, restrictions, but what's your, what's your thoughts on this question from Danny? Um, so two, yeah, the CJC 12.95 for, uh, people who don't know, it's a peptide and peptides are sequences of amino acids that you basically inject or do lingually or orally um to or sometimes topically to um release something in the body so to it usually goes to the pituitary and dings something cjc 1295 is going to work with growth hormone or insulin growth like factor one and that's great for muscle repair for building muscle decreasing belly fat it's an amazing thing it's really sad but what has happened is that the fda has categorized a lot of peptides as category two meaning that they're under suspicion and it's mainly an FDA thing to where they're taking a second look at some of these things. And I think it's because they're very popular right now. And there's a lot of places where you can get them without prescriptions. And so a lot of these websites that can do these online are saying it's for research or veterinary use and not for human use, but people are ordering it and using it for human use. I love, love, love peptides. Um, I do think it's unfortunate that... Um, it's hard to order right now. There are some, I think too, my hopeful opinion is that it's going to be temporary, this, this inavailability of ordering it. But um, Samorlin and Tessamorlin are approved because they've had previous FDA indications um, for things that they've done studies on, like um, building back muscle with people who have had AIDS. Um, so those have been on the market for a little bit longer. So you can actually order those. It's just CJC 1295, BPC 157, um, Melanotan. Um, those are part of the categories. There's a big list of them. AOD is another one. You can Google it um, of the peptides that are not available to order right now. And I, I'm hoping that this is just a temporary lift on these. But um, that's that's what happened. Danny, thank you for uh, teeing us up for that conversation. It's it's a really interesting topic, and um, you know, one we're gonna we're gonna stay on top of, and we'll you know share any information that that we know as soon as we know it. Uh, so, Andy, yeah. thank you for for filling us in there. Um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this up just because uh, a huge shout out to Dustin, man. Thank you, Dustin, for for watching with Carter there tonight. Uh, ben, we, we love you both. Ben, I... What'd you say? Yeah. Uh, ben, I think that you're going to, uh, I think we need to be a little, I think we need to be a little bit uh, more worried about what's going to happen. We're 
Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Yeah. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. Um, I think we need to be more worried about where you're going to get more sweaters once the... Okay. <laughs> we're on a delay. Does everybody know we're on a delay? Uh, uh, guys in the comments, can you tell we're on a delay? We're, we're trying to time this with the delay. <laughs> Uh, but yes, uh, and we're trying to time it with a delay and there is a delay. There's definitely a delay. Um, so we, we apologize for, uh, for, for some of the delay here. We're doing the best we can. Uh, that was a Santa Claus reference that Andy was, was talking about. Uh, even with, thank the, you. Even with the thank delay, you. even with the delay, Sweaters. I caught it. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, but anyways, we're gonna we're gonna keep moving here, guys. Uh, there's Scrappy right there. Uh, okay, everyone's confirming that we are on a delay. Um, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, one, thank y'all for 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 hanging in there with us tonight, um, even with with some of the the tech difficulties. Uh, I'm gonna put up a a few of this just because I I want Andy to see, uh, and this is. This is just fun. Um, where 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 was I? Let's see where I'm at. Um, Candy Candy loves the mustache. I I, I love that. Thank you, Candy, uh, for that. Oh, Candace! Oh, I love Candy. Uh, let's see here. Um, coal miner's daughter. I see you. Uh, Roel, I see you. Elena. Yes. Uh, it's that uh, Andy fur hair. Um, I love it. <laughs> uh, guys, if y'all, I think we're, I see Amber's in the building. What's going on? Great to see you, Amber. Uh, I hope the twins are doing wonderful. Um, and you guys had a, a wonderful fall break in Knoxville. Knoxville's coming back from, uh, fall break this week. Um, I see, I see where else am I at? Um, Golly, thank you. One, thank you. We've got so so many uh, many people on our team here tonight. Uh, thank you all for for being with us tonight. I, uh, after uh, working with patients all day, we really appreciate this. And um, Andy, man, I, I just want to thank you. Thank you for for hanging out with me tonight. Um, you know, you've been a a super busy guy lately. Uh, you want to do a a quick plug uh, for your show, JRT. Um, yes, I would love to. Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, I have a mustache because I am involved in a uh, musical at Jonesboro Repertory Theater with very limited available seating. So please get your tickets now. Um, the Jonesboro Theater is one of my favorite places. It's a happy place for me. Um, and just a wonderful, wonderful community with just unbelievable talent. It's hard to find that in, a, in small towns. I've been lucky Jonesboro's had it, Morristown's had it for me, and Oak Ridge has had it for me. So I've, I've been yeah. lucky to be surrounded, surrounded by good uh, community theater. Um, I'm doing a show called Crazy For You. Um, our nutrition coach, Lucas, is also in it. We play doppelzangers where we both look alike. This guy? Um, yes, yes, that is him. We look like twins in real life anyways. <laughs> and um, so you'll see both of us on stage um, dancing and singing. So, and, and many more talented, talented people. 
I, I'm, I'm really excited to, to, to get to that show. I'm going to uh, hopefully get up there uh, this next weekend. Uh, the first couple, first weekend go well? Yeah, it went great. Perfect. Uh, great crowds. Uh, good show. Lots of laughter. Good cheer. Um, so what we normally do here, Andy, is um, we let Izzy, Ike, and, and tonight we're going to let uh, little Scrappy there close out our show um, because we, we want we want Scrappy to get his, uh, to get his shine tonight. Uh, Scrappy, we love you, man. Um, and, uh, thank you for, for hanging out with us. He just wanted to be on the show. That's why he was barking. He was like, Ange, get me, get me on the show. And, and now, now he's fine. <laughs> he wanted in. <laughs> he wanted in. All right. Let's go. Uh, Ange, thank you so much, man. Guys, I think we got to every question tonight. Oh, if thank we, you, baby. Oh, thank you. If we did not get your question, um, you can email me, ben at performancemedicine.net, and I'll make sure it gets on first of next week uh, or the first show or the first couple uh, questions next week to make sure we get it in. Um, quick reminder, in two weeks, um, Tuesday is the 31st. That's Halloween. Um, uh, and Dr. Rogers is a uh, – is a big Halloween fan. He gives out candy um, to uh, gosh everyone in, in their neighborhood. And now, now there's it's like gluten free, no corn syrup. It's like it's good candy. Um, so so don't worry about that. Uh, but we're gonna have to do the show on Monday instead of Tuesday. So in two weeks, the show will be on the thirtieth Monday. We will remind you guys. Uh, but next week we will be uh, Tuesday at seven, just like always. Um, so, uh, we look forward to seeing everybody there. Uh, Ange, dude, thank you. I know we're on, we're on delay. You're going to hear what I'm saying now in just about two seconds, <laughs> but, but I love you and it's so good to see you and, and thank you for, for being with us tonight. I look forward to the dude, next time. Thank you. I love you too. It was so good, Ben. Love you, man. Guys, we are out of here. Me too, bro. We will, we will see y'all next week, 7 o'clock, Tuesday. Uh, be sure to check out the Diabetes Tour Guide. Uh, Andy's brand new YouTube channel uh, would, it would mean the world to us if you uh, subscribe to that if you haven't already. Um, we're going to call it a night. We love you. Thank y'all for um, handling the, the, the tech difficulties. The, the podcast of this, which was on time, uh, it'll be on the Outside the Box podcast a week from today if you want to catch uh, any of this content again. Um, Brad, take it away for us. I love you all. Thank you to everybody uh, that was with us live tonight. We love you. We will see you next week. And Brad, let's take it away, man. Don't go away. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.